0: This is the Daily Dispatch Podcast with your business correspondent, Ted Keenan. Good morning, listeners. Today we're talking to Ken Clark, Kumani's leading industrialist, but who also hopes to become the mayor of the town. Ken, how will you achieve this?
1: So, Ted... To uh, just fill you in, uh, I started the party, the independents, which is registered with the IEC. And uh, we have 20 candidates standing in the 34 wards at Enoch Makajima. So I think we've got a, a fighting chance already in, in 20 of the 34 wards. However, we are actually registered to stand in every single ward. So in other words, some of the candidates are standing in more than one ward. And as a result of that, we will benefit from the PR votes. There are uh, a few candidates that we've discovered uh, after the fact that are standing as independents in other wards that we are not strong in and they are stronger in, and we are pulling them under our wing as well and, and hoping to create a force of independence, if you like. And then we encourage them to tell their voters to vote for them and use us on the PR side. So, you know, we can double bank that, uh, if you like, you know? Yeah. Um, so yes, that's, that's kind of like how we positioned. And I believe that uh, we are pretty well positioned to, to, to really get a, a good showing. Um, will we get a majority? Only time will tell.
0: A question that, that uh, a lot of people will be asking You're a business person, are you hoping to put business to the fore and take politics out of this? And My meaning by business to the fore is delivery.
1: So look, as far as we're concerned, or as far as I'm concerned is, uh, local government should never have been politicised in the first place. You know, local government is all about giving services to the people It's it's very clearly demarcated as to what needs to be done uh, in all of the acts that that govern local government. And and quite frankly, most of these regulations have been totally ignored and, in fact, in many cases flouted in the past. So it's like back to basics, do the basics right, and do them cost-effectively, and dismantle this expensive government that we have that is not providing services and just eating up uh, costs, and actually escalating rates and taxes, which is becoming an even bigger problem in our country. So so, so we, need to, we need to to understand what the problem is in order to be able to deal with it. and And, and for me, it's quite clear what the problem is. Um, you know it's an, a, a, a far too cumbersome organization that's got to become lean, clean, and mean and have money left over to give services you know, to the people of the town and that is what is critical.
0: Let's imagine you've already got the mayor chain around your neck. With, yeah. with accountability and strict budgeting, which is obviously what you do in your own business or your own yeah. businesses, how long do you think the residents of Kumani will need to wait before we can see some change in delivery?
1: I don't think it's going to need. It's going to be that long because the first thing I'm going to be able to do is I'm going to hold people in in, in directors of departments accountable. Those that cannot deliver on what their mandate is uh, will be replaced with people that are competent and able to deliver what is required. So, so that that's my first process is to make sure. sure. Because I am not going to be doing the work. I'm the mayor. I'm not the guy that's got, you know, uh, who, who physically runs each department. But I will make sure that delivery is absolutely a key priority for every single departmental head. And he will be judged on whether he can or cannot deliver that to the taxpayers of, you know, of It's as simple as that. You know, in, in, in business, we say we want to delight our customers. Well, I want to delight our players. And the way I'm going to delight them is to give them what they're paying for, give them value for money, and if possible, and I don't want to make this promise before I've actually seen the goings on and understand uh, you know, the exact uh, uh, lay of the land from a financial perspective, but I believe that, that if you're looking at a, 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 an economy that's struggling, if you're looking at people in the middle class people that are, are struggling, Rates and taxes is obviously a bugbear in their lives, and we've got to address that and give them value for money and try to charge them as little as possible. Uh, but having said that, there's a massive backlog of infrastructure that we need to put in place, and so it's going to be a very fine balancing act between those two things You know, to to, to deliver on expectations, clean up the time, uh, repair, renew infrastructure and, 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 and get ourselves on the, on, on the straight and narrow again. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that we're going to need you know, part of the infrastructure development that the state is talking about. If we can lean on some of those funding uh, you know, to get right some of the, the serious black locks, certainly uh, uh, we will do that too.
0: The municipality has had several grand plans for what they are going to do, very little about when they're going to do it, and you're sitting with failed sewage, failed roads, failed electricity, failed water. Could you have a 100-day plan to look at what is not working and what has been promised to work? and set your heads of department accountable to doing th- at least one thing and fixing one thing? So,
1: so look, the, the first thing and the easiest thing to do is the cleanup. We need to get refuse removal working again, because it's not. And the minute you see that the place is clean in the first 100 days, I believe that, that you will see that, that something really tangible is happening. And and that's about, you know, and I've got quite some some interesting ideas about that because there's a new uh, Section 18 of the Environmental Act that's been published that makes brand owners responsible for recycling. That includes ourselves as a business, but literally every single brand in the country. So recycling and turning waste into revenue, for me, is like a major priority. And that can involve the poorest of the poor that are, in most cases, not employable in any other environment, uh, it will make them able to earn a living by by uh, literally recycling and sorting waste. And how we take that to the back door and, and actually penalize people for sending uh, uh, waste to landfill is going to be a major kind of rethink about how we think about waste and how we manage waste and how we reduce the cost of waste uh, because it is you know, something that is quite substantial at the moment and how you turn that waste instead of a cost into a revenue stream. I mean, you know, for me, that is, is something which is a low-hanging fruit, very low-hanging fruit. And, and I would want to get that done like ASAP. And you know, there's, there's grand plans and buyback centers and all of that. That will standing against you. Nothing's happening. No, it's about getting young entrepreneurs and, and giving them some leadership, giving them some guidance, you know, putting somebody in place that can say, listen, this is how it needs to happen, and putting them on the road and setting them up as, as contractors or, or, or you know, entrepreneurs of their own, you know, to to just manage waste. It's something, it's such low-hanging fruit, it's something we can do, like, you know, in the first 100 days, no problem.
0: Ken, uh, job creation is, I know, high on your agenda. You do it in your own company, you do it in other towns as well. Do you have other plans for job creation in the same low hanging fruit uh, category?
1: Yes, I, I think I think if you want to talk job creation, the first thing you've got to talk about is is getting the infrastructure of the timeline. You know you can't build a house on shaky foundations, and the infrastructure, the electrical infrastructure, especially in the city centre, needs urgent attention. We've had a a, a crisis committee with which involved the Premier of the Eastern Cape, the MEC for Finance, and Cocteau, and honestly, it's been going nowhere. So I would use my influence to, to, to make sure that funds are made available uh, immediately to upgrade that, that, that facility and bring it into a first-world situation, which it should be already. And, and, and certainly that pressure is going to grow. It's not going to decrease. And, well, watch the space. You know, I can't <laughs> I don't hold on to the first strings of the province, but certainly I'm going to motivate that it's the project that needs urgent attention. The minute you can influence business confidence in a town, then you start attracting investment. And you're not going to attract investment when you've got potholes in every street and you've got electricity that goes off three times a week and all of those kind of things. So yes, lots of work needs to be done on that space, but I know exactly what needs to happen. I am fully aware of the detail that needs to be corrected, and I have a plan for it, and all I need is to, to unlock funding to make that plan happen, and we can then change what's happening in that space so very, very, very quickly. It's not it's – a, it's a six, nine-month plan to get that infrastructure up and running from – literally from uh, ish, ish, uh, getting the funding to – you know, uh, issuing the the, the uh, engineering pe- uh, people with instructions, you know, getting the, the full contract uh, stipulated and then put it going out to tender. So I believe that, that within 9 to 12 months, that can happen. The funding is the biggest uh, uh, stumbling block. And then from there, it, it's slowly, slowly, you know. Uh, I'm also saying that from an uh, Igarak Makajima point of view, Every cent that we spend in our municipality will be spent with vendors that are within the municipality. Only when we do not have a skill set or a contractor that is, un- that is uh, uh, not qualified to do specific work, like let's say high voltage uh, uh, electrical, which we don't have in our in our municipality, will we contract it out of our town. But we will, as far as possible. Make sure that every cent that we spend in town uh, uh, turns into uh, uh, employment for our communities, and and that for me is a big one. It's a really big one, and I'd like to look at at at, at opportunities of trying to to get the unemployed youth, uh, especially the graduated youth, and say, so guys, come on, you know, you have got to start on your road to building a business, to becoming an entrepreneur, how do we start you? What are the baby steps you've got to take? Let's take some baby steps. Let's give you an opportunity to build something next to a a, 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 a big company and, 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 and learn some of the hard knocks that you're going to get in business and start those baby steps and maybe we can grow a few entrepreneurs in the process. But you know, all of those people have got to understand. This is uh, the world of hard knocks. There's no free lunches here. This is not uh, a tender where you, know, you can put in whatever price you have and just because you know, you know who uh, a couple of people in the right places, you're going to get it. This is about you know, lean, clean, and mean. My customer is my right I must defend the rate payer. I must make sure that the rate payer gets value for money. And that's what I'm going to see to and I And I believe that we will teach young people to be good citizens and hard-working people by, by educating them in the right way to run a business from the start and not this tender that we've seen that actually benefits nobody at the end of the day.
0: Ken, there's been some big numbers spent in your area. There was $24 million on upgrading um, the et- electricity supply. There was 23 million spent on fencing, 31 million on securing rubbish dumps. Have all of these jobs been complete?
1: Look, you know, for me, the problem is the, is, is, the, is the nature of prioritization. You know, if you've got 20 million to spend, what is the most important thing that you need to spend the 21 million on? And I can tell you right now it's not a fence. Uh, you know, uh, and where the, look, the fence might have been finished. But the point is, what is the fence doing? You know, we had a $23 million spent on putting a fence around Queen Bastia, and the cattle walk in and out of the gate as if there was no fence. So what's the point of the fence? You know? Um, and this is the kind of decisions that are made that are, I believe, made incorrectly. I mean, let's say if you take the, the $21 million that was spent on, on the Lexington Sports Stadium, there are people who don't have water running out of taps. So now ask yourself the question, what is more important? Water in people's taps or a sports stadium that hasn't got water to keep it in condition and that's going to go to rack and ruin from the those people. I can give you to that in writing. You know, and, and there's 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 a history of that. You know. That sports stadium was only created as an opportunity to siphon money off the top to benefit a few. That's all it was done for. And it is not done for the people. I could have probably taken that 21 million and, and fixed water projects that are incomplete in our area, probably six, seven, or eight of them with no problem. With, and, and I'd have happy customers as a result of that. But right now, what we have is, is people that are living in squalor, uh, you know, and, and, and the, 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 the needs of the people aren't being looked at at all. And I can't say I can solve all the problems in one day. And I and tell people, don't think that I can do that. But I certainly can look at the low-hanging fruit, and there's more than enough low-hanging fruit out there that you, to make people start to get excited about a municipality that's working for them and not against them.
0: Is it time to think about Kumani becoming the centre of a metropolitan?
1: So I, I believe that Komani is already a big center uh, in uh, the middle of the Eastern Cape, um, and it, it draws a lot of people from the trans In fact, I've got a statistic that says that 1.5 million people travel in and out of Komani every month to do shopping from the villages in and around here. So, so yes, um, it is already a center, but it's not growing like it should because municipal infrastructure is not in place and the, municipal, uh, the municipality is not thinking and planning ahead. If you want to create a metro, that is not something that you do tomorrow. It is something that has got to happen over a period of time, and it needs planning and execution. And that is not happening. So for that to happen, we need to start at the grassroots level and look at planning, development, infrastructure, and how we put that in place, and, and make sure that you know all of the... The, the resources for uh, Kumani and surrounds are catered for like water, for instance. You know? There's going to need uh, the augmentation of uh, the water down dam, the pipeline that comes from there. You know, all of those things which have been red flags for the last 10, 15 years, but nothing's been done about them. We need to look at what is the 2050 plan, you know? and how do, you, how do you get from you know, 2021 to 2050, what is the, the, the path that we need to walk to doubling the size of the town and, and what do we see in that space, what industry needs to come in, etc. etc, etc. So it becomes a planning thing. And there's been no planning. And there's been no vision. So so I guess the first thing is the vision, then the plan, and, and then we roll it up. I, I think what I'm really big on is, is changing the narrative. Um, and the narrative has been a narrative of division, of of kind of like putting people down and controlling people and those kind of things. And I want to change it into a narrative of let's work together, let's take hands, let's collaborate, let's communicate, let's talk about things, let's, uh, let's, let's let's be innovative about involving people, let's make people the best that they can be. And how do we make our town the best that it can be? How do we make our people the best that they can be? That's a narrative that is not even being spoken about at this point in time. And if you know, if you make that narrative central to what you're trying to achieve, then it changes the conversation completely. And now you get people that aren't burning tires and breaking this down and doing this that first come and talk about it. And you say, guys, you know, you know your, your expectations are unrealistic, but what about these expectations? How do, we, how do we? rather temper those expectations to something that's realistic, or plan together to achieve it, and and just defuse this animosity, this agroness that we've got in this country, which is, is really it's, it's not called for. And and how do we how do we work together for our common good rather than uh, a look at, at at fighting one another and actually getting nowhere? We spend far too much energy. Kamani, Chrisani. Uh, has spent 1.3 billion that they can't account for. Enoch has wasted 900 million. If you gave me 2.3 billion Rand,
0: I would make this place the shining star of the Eastern Cape. Why can't we do that? Thanks again for all being with us. Bye bye.